Welcome to Geek Out with Angie Fiedler-Sutton, an ongoing discussion on geeky topics. Here in a couple days, cinemas across the nation will be screening Rift Tracks Live, Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. right into a Christmas movie. Rift Tracks, for those who don't know, is a spiritual successor to the cult favorite TV show Mystery Science Theater 3000. Launched in 2006 by MST3K alums Mike Nelson, Bill Corbett, and Kevin Murphy, Rift Tracks takes the snarky humor of making fun of movies and makes them as either commentary tracks to DVDs or downloadable MP3s you can sync with the movie in question. In partnership with Fathom Events, this is the 10th such live screening since they started back in 2009. In this episode of Geek Out, I talked with Mike Nelson about riffing and these live events. This is your 10th Riff Tracks Live uh, since you guys started these, um, according to Wikipedia. Is that correct? Yeah, I believe that is right. I had to think for a second, but yes, I think it's right. Um, What caused um, you to decide to do these live events? Well, we'd always done live events, but they were kind of uh, one-offs for festivals and things like that. And and with doing the website work, it was difficult to break away to do those. So, um, you know, when we we heard about what Fathom was doing, we thought, oh, that might be a neat uh, way to cover a lot of, you know, what we would like to do. We'd like to do a live tour or something, but this is kind of the equivalent of that, just handled in one night. So... We got in touch with them, and uh, it's uh, luckily it's worked out for both of us. Now, um, again, according to Wikipedia, which we all know is so trustworthy, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you've been it's doing unimpeachable. Exactly, you've been doing about two a year outside of 2011. This is the first time you've really done a third outside of the um, rebroadcasts um, with the uh, Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. Do you um, have any ideas as to why? I mean, you're obviously getting more successful with the Kickstarter and all that. Um, any particular ideas as to why it's suddenly getting re-popular? Yeah, I'm not sure. I I, uh, I think that uh, we probably started, let's see, I think our first one was in 2008, and, you know, there were problems with the economy and stuff, and so we did them, and they were successful, but these last few have just been, uh, you know, we I don't know whether it's a choice of material and a combination of things, but it, uh, they seem to have been hitting their stride, so we're just really pleased with it, and, uh, you know, the more we can do, I think the better for us. It's still only, you know, it's it's three shows a year, and we continue with the website. We put out, uh, it doesn't really slow us down on the website, so it works out well. Now, this is, of course, on the, the tale of your successful Kickstarter campaign for, for that it was originally for Twilight, but ended up being for Starship Troopers because you couldn't get the rights. Were you surprised by the amount of uh, funds you ended up raising? Very pleasantly surprised, and and it worked out. I think in the end, uh, although we're not ruling out Twilight, we we uh, they didn't say no. It was one of those things where they said, "Ask us again in the future." So, uh, I'd like to do that again. Yeah, that's probably the only way I will ever watch that movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> Understood. <laughs> um, do you think, um, in terms of uh, one of the things my thesis is going to be on, is kind of on fandom-related stuff. Um, the fans are obviously a big part of why Rift Tracks is as popular as it is. And, you know, the fans, not only of Rift Tracks, but of Mystery Science Theater 3000. And they're getting ready to celebrate their 25th anniversary this year. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Um, are you? I know that um, Joel is planning on doing the the live broadcasts of episodes. Were you guys planning on doing anything connected to that? 
No, you know, I just saw that. Someone brought it to my attention yesterday. I'd kind of forgotten that it was the, the 25th, and then I saw that Joel was doing an event, Turkey Day, which I was glad to see because we, uh, I think way back in the early 90s, we started that, and it was always great fun. So, uh, But uh, beyond that, I hadn't really, to be honest, I hadn't thought of it until yesterday. <laughs> well, um, from what I could tell off your website, Santa Claus versus the Martians is not one you've done a, a regular riff of. Is that correct? Right. Um, and obviously, there's an obvious reason as to why you're doing that in December. But what cho- why that as opposed to, say, Nightmare Before Christmas, which I know you have done a riff before or other Christmas shows? Um, well, this one was when we did it originally, which is a really, really long time ago. Um, I wasn't the host of the show. Uh, Bill wasn't on board. Kevin was there. So he's the only common thread. And it had been long enough that we forgot it. So we just screened it again and thought, oh, this is, this is delightful. And, uh, um, I think for most fans, uh, because I can't even remember it, I assume they don't remember much about it either. So I think it's about time to revisit and see what that was all about, see if we hallucinated that or not. <laughs> um, well, let's go into the little bit of the process of the actual writing of the riff. Um, how long does it tape, typically take to write a riff and go from there? Uh, it's probably all told about two weeks. Uh, it's probably longer for a live show. There's just a little, it's a little more intense. Obviously, you know, there's, there's more people watching you and there's different considerations and, and different things that can happen in a live event. But uh, we split up the script and each writer takes a chunk of it and sort of lays the groundwork and then we get it all together and then we just start editing it and we go over it again and again and again and, and just, uh, try to find the right ingredients for live. And, and it's a bit different than doing it for a, a recorded version because we've just found that things in live uh, situations will or will not work as well as things in the studio. So, uh, And you also have to be a little light on your feet when you're actually up there on stage because things surprise you and the audiences are different than you thought. So uh, it, it, it's a fun thing, but that's basically how we do it. We just start with a a loose script, and then we they, we just keep refining it. Do you, outside of the, the three of you, do you run this by any, like, test audience or anything like that? Um, no, not really. Not in any formal way. There's people will come in and out of a, a writing session, um, you know, just sort of riff tracks personnel. But uh, beyond that, we, we kind of trust our instincts on that. Um, for those who aren't familiar with, with what riff tracks is and what riffing is, how would you define what a riff is well we always say it's like watching a movie with your funniest friends and and i i hope that's true and that's kind of the tone that we go for is we're we're making fun of it but it's in a way that hopefully is pretty light-hearted uh otherwise i can imagine that riff tracks would grate on your nerves after a while guys who were just sort of upset with the movie <laughs> does not make real funny i mean maybe in short doses but uh in the long haul we're all sort of fans of movies, and we want to see good movies, but we also really enjoy bad movies in the right way, you know, and then we give them the appropriate commentary. If if something is deserving of a bit of scorn, you get that, but if it's otherwise just sort of incompetent, it's just kind of fun to watch and, and, uh, and play along with it. Have you ever riffed a movie that you personally, like, loved and were a little afraid to take on? 
Oh, yes, yes. Uh, we did uh, kind of as a stunt to see, to and, and mostly to prove to people that we don't dislike these movies, certainly not strongly. There are things about everything that you, as a critic, kind of would like to change. But uh, we did uh, Casablanca, which is, you know, it's in my top five favorite movies ever. So we don't hold grudges against these movies, and we don't hate them. <laughs> so after Santa Claus versus the Martians, what's next on the Rift Tracks radar? Oh, we continue along with doing stuff on the site. I mean, hopefully we will return to the live theaters um, next year as well, although we don't have anything uh, officially on the books for that yet. But, uh, yeah, we're always uh, we're working through new shorts and things. We're... We are dipped into a uh, an old Batman serial that we're currently having fun with, so we're releasing those, you know, kind of one every two weeks or so. Uh, we just love those. <laughs> and uh, this is just me personally. Why Nashville? <laughs> These have all been in live in Nashville. Uh, our production company is there. Yeah. Um, as it happens, this is not a reason for doing it, but my, my sons also go to college there, so I've spent a lot of time there. And... Uh, our production company, we could have them out either to California or to Minnesota, but we're a smaller crew than they are, so they kind of win in terms of the economics of getting a whole bunch of people one place or the other. So hence the Nashville thing. Mm -hmm. And do you think that, that Web 2.0 and social media has, has helped your success? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think so. I think that uh, this is a much more familiar form now to people. It used to just be the one weird TV show that was sort of culty. And, and now a lot of comedians do similar things, commenting on movies or taking them apart or pretty much doing, you know, exactly the commentary while the movie's playing. So I think it, it does make it more familiar to people and not such a, a strange culty uh, uh, thing. Well, and speaking of the culty thing, Mystery Science Theater 3000 is a cult phenomenon, and it was kind of the first of its kind. Yeah, people always spoke back to the movies, but this was the first time it was ever, I guess, canonized. Does that ever, you know, throw you off that you were kind of part of this redefining of a media format? Uh, no, I mean, it, it was it was fun to be to be part of something that got that much attention, but it kind of cut both ways is that people read into it a lot of times that we were trying to do some sort of meta commentary on society and things like that. And we're, we were always just a bunch of comedians trying to make a really funny show. So you, you would read think pieces about yourself and go, wow, I didn't know I was that smart. Uh, so, you know, it was it really wasn't our intent to do anything that was a grand scheme of of commenting on stuff. It was much more, uh, you know, we're comedians. The Rift Tracks live presentation of Santa Claus Conquers the Martians is December 5th. And more information about the show can be found either by going to rifttracks.com R-I-F-F-T-R-A-X.com, or to FathomEvents.com. And a trippy Christmas to all! Ho, ho, ho! Thanks for listening to Geek Out with Angie Fiedler Sutton. The theme song is Schoolyard Haze by Jerry Pitkin, available via the Free Music Archive. The podcast is recorded in partnership with Sci-Fi For Me Radio and released under a Creative Commons attribution non-commercial share-alike license. 